0: Um, let's look at Psalm 65, 11 and Galatians 4, 28. You ready? Can we, can we uh, say, uh, read this together and then we're going to pray, okay? You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Let's read that again with conviction. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Wow, you didn't even know. I bet you didn't even know the Bible uh, has that scripture, huh? All right? <laughs> nope. Galatians 4, <4:28. clears> 28. <throat> I love my kids. Uh, now we, come on. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Wow. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. I want to speak to you on the subject of walk this way. I know some of y'all born uh, was raised in the 80s you remember run DMC no. <laughs> okay Heavenly Father thank you Lord for your word thank you for giving us inspiration your word is living touch our hearts today we can receive our ears we may hear our minds we may understand help every one of us Lord to grow into more like you allow us to be able so that we can walk according to your ways in the name of Jesus amen isn't that interesting that In the book of Psalms, it says that you crown the year with your goodness. That means that every year that God uh, 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 gives us, it is a new year, that there is a purpose, there is authority. Every time you see uh, the Bible talks about a crown, you know what a crown represents? It represents sovereignty, but also it represents authority. Did you know that there is authority that God has given to your year to be a good year? You know, that that's why when we kick off New Year's Eve and they drop the ball in New York City, is it they drop it or they raise it? I forget. Anyway, um, they raise it. It means what? This year is going to be a good year. Have you ever noticed that every year somebody always have a New Year resolution? They're like, this year I'm going to be in better shape, right? Uh, I'm going to make a resolution that I'm going to eat better. No, you, Did you ever notice that nobody makes a New Year resolution that I'm going to have a bad year, that I'm going to eat all the bad food I can eat, that I can gain as much weight and be as unhealthy as I can in this year? Nobody does that. Is why? Because they don't realize, while they might not realize, but in the book of Psalm 65 and 1, it says that you crown the year with your goodness. You know that he has given the authority for goodness in our year. Wow. You know, there are some of you, or at least one of you this year going to get married. Right? Amen. Right? <laughs> I already know her. Don't worry about it. She's hit married but uh, she's going to get married this year. That God has already given you this year that one of the good things is you're going to be married. Wow, that's exciting. It's fun. You know what? And and you should enjoy. That means that every year you walk into goodness. Walk this way. You are walking this way into goodness. You know what? Your New Year resolutions might fail. You know, it's funny, I, I saw the other day uh, um, uh, a little, uh, is it called a meme, a meme, or uh, or gif, or whatever, and they have these guys going into the gym, and they're recording New Year Resolution gym membership, all right? And people are trying to work out, and there's this one guy, uh, he was doing the ab flexor, you know, I, I guess that's what's called, and he was eating pizza at the same time right he's getting his work out but he's eating pizza right uh there's other people that uh, uh, are in there and they're eating fried food while they're working out right you know what god is saying to us this year is that he has already given the year of goodness to our authority don't just walk into this year and say oh man you know what last couple of years i've just had a bad year That's a couple of years ago, but God says that he has given goodness or the authority of this year to be good to you. Walk this way. See, the the thing is, walking this way is a mental choice. Walking this way is saying, you know what, I refuse uh, for bad stuff to happen to me this year. I refuse that the things that I failed at uh, last year and the year before is going to be with me this year. I refuse to enter into arguments that I've been arguing with people I love all this time. I refuse to harbor unforgiveness in my heart this year. Has anybody ever been bickering or arguing with somebody for the last couple of years? How, have you disagreed with them? who here hasn't disagreed with somebody you've never disagreed with someone i've disagreed you can't be married and not have disagreement right it's going to happen and if you have family there's going to be disagreement there's going to be disagreement there's going to be hurt there's going to be uh 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 uh, striving there's going to be bickering over and over about certain things You know what, this year, I refuse for that stuff that happened in 2019 to be with me because this year, the Lord said to me, I crown this year with goodness. Oh, that means that goodness was waiting for me when uh, the clock struck midnight on December 31st. We are walking in the 12th year of goodness. We are advancing forward. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward forward. This year, there's going to be promotion. This year, there's going to be tests. You're going to be uh, passing. This year, there's going to be raises. This year, you're going to be better than last year. Because why? When you walk this way in the ways of God, goodness has to follow you. You see, a lot of times people say, oh, living for God is hard, not for me, because I know that if I do according to his word, goodness has to follow me. You know, this weekend, I, uh, I had to go and my, my eldest daughter was in a big tournament out there in, in the Alamo City, you know where the Alamo City is, about three hours west of here. <clears throat> and you know, you see the ups and downs and if any of you have ever played sports, especially team sports, or been involved with sports, there is an ebb and flow of sports. There are the great joys and the high fives and the laughter and say, you go, and, this, and then there's the frustration and uh, disappointment, and uh, hurt, and the, the same man, what happened? What went wrong? Uh, all these days, there is yelling, and cheering, and clapping, and heads holding, and, uh, uh, and parents almost crying. That's one of them. Like, what happened? Right? And yet, uh, uh, when I was there, I was able to let my light shine a little bit. I was speaking to a father uh, uh, about Christ. About God. And you know what he said to me? He, with tears in his eyes, he said, man, you bring me so much joy. He said, do you feel that? I said, feel what? He goes, you don't feel that joy that I feel right now talking to you? I said, I feel it. He goes, do you always feel that? I said, yeah, but more because we're talking about God. And he, this is a educated man, and he had tears in his eyes. He said, man, how so? God is so real in your life. Brothers and sisters, when you walk in the ways of God, goodness has to follow you. You know what, this year, come say, don't say, oh, I'm getting older, and all of us, we are. You know that, we are getting older, you, there's nothing I can help you with. You know, it, it's just life, embrace it, enjoy it. You know, it's funny, I uh, we were looking at pictures the other day that was taken, and they're beautiful pictures, I enjoy it. I'm, And what I started noticing about myself is, I said, man, I look old. And you know what my wife says? Husband, you're not 20 anymore. Why are you not embracing your age? You think you're 20? I said, yes, I do. But what she was saying is, enjoy where you are and embrace the goodness that you are in your 40s. Embrace the goodness that you are in your 30s. Embrace the goodness that while you are in your teens. Embrace the goodness that you have little children, that you have to change diapers, because that time will pass, and you will forget the lessons and the goodness of God's faithfulness. Walk this way. Walk this way, God, you you have already crowned the year. You've already given this year the authority to be good to me. I'm not worried about my finances as much. I'm not worried about my gray hair as much. I am not worried about my, 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 my children as much. I'm not worried about the things because God's goodness is walking this way towards me. See, you have to say that to yourself. And it says this, and your paths drip with abundance. My goodness, I'm very bad. I said, you know, when you hear somebody dripping, that means to you? You can't drip when you're not soaked in something. Now, follow me. For anything to drip, it must be soaking. Right? Have you ever had a rag that you have dripped in whatever, or, or water, and you pull it out and it's just dripping? Right? I remember as a child. Uh, We would take rags, to clean stuff, and my mom would say, hey, son, go give me that rag and wet it. And I would run under the sink and wet it and bring it to her without wringing it out. It would drip all over the floor. And she said, why didn't you wring it out? You said wet it. Right? It's dripping. Dripping means this, as your paths drip and your paths drip. That means when you walk in the ways of God, you will be soaked in his abundance. You will be soaking in his abundance. Because when you put your foot in it, you'll be full of it. And when people are around you, they feel the joy, the love, the faith. Their their heart is increased for the things of God. He said, I crown the year with goodness, and the paths of God is dripping with abundance. Who wants to be dripping with abundance? You know, I, I remember there was an article I read many years ago about the richest man at that time was Bill Gates, you know, he's still number two, but he's not the richest man, right? I heard some guy named on Amazon or something. And he, he has so many billions, and this man wrote this article, he says that if, if Bill Gates had money in his pocket, right, and it started running out of his pocket, every uh i forgot hundred thousand dollars come out of his pocket if he were to turn around and pick it up he'd lose more money than keep walking wow i thought to myself wait a minute that's dripping with abundance that means that it would cost him more money to go back and pick up that hundred thousand dollars than it would for him to keep walking because that is when i read this scripture it reminded me of the article that that journalist wrote that because he is so wealthy that money just drips out of his pocket if he were to turn around to pick up the pile of money he just dropped it would actually cost him more money than just to keep on going see god god wants you and i that when we walk this way with him when we walk this life of faith with him that he is sure uh, you are assured of his goodness and his favor. A lot of times people say, oh, goodness means money. No, 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 no. It's not just money, it's favor. We stayed in a hotel this weekend, right? And some of her teammates have families, they came, their parents, and they go, hey, LT. He goes, what room you got? Our rooms, our window is looking at the garage, right? It's looking at the garage. We're looking at the roof of air conditioning. (laughs) He said, what kind of room did you get a room uh staring at a wall i said no man we saw the river walk. he said what he said how would you get a room with a river walk i said favor see favor or the goodness of god is better than money because when you have favor you can buy certain things but favor is better than money See, the goodness of God will follow you, and when you walk in his ways, the abundance of God will overflow in your life. See, now we, brethren, in Galatians 48, we are, as Isaac was, we are the children of promise. People say, oh, pastor, that's just, you know, that that's just you saying it. No, 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 no. It's because we are born into faith through Abraham, and just like Isaac was his inheritance, we are like Isaac to God. We are the children of promise, that whatever he's done it for other people, he would do it for you and I. And and maybe some of you right now, maybe some of you that's going to watch this later, thinking, man, I don't feel like I was a uh, a child of the promise. You know, the problem is this. It doesn't matter how you feel, it is you're already done. You see, uh, remember the story of the ugly duckling. He thought he was a duck, but actually he's a swan, isn't it? Right? It doesn't matter that he felt like a duck. It doesn't matter he felt like a chicken or whatever. But the reality is he was a swan. You see, doesn't matter what your brain tells you, God says that you are, you and I are children of the promise. And the problem with it is because we don't believe God's word, we don't act or walk in the ways that he's commanded. Let me give you a couple things and I'm going to close. The first thing is for us to walk this way is God's promises are sure. You've got to know that his word is forever. You have to trust in God. Psalm says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence He said, look at what the psalmist says. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. I've learned not to be true. That doesn't mean that we don't need each other. But there are certain things that other people can't help you with. In the midnight hour, you can call your friend and they might not pick up. Because why? They're just people. And people can only help you so much, but there are certain things that only God can help you with no matter how bad. There are only certain things in your life that God, you've got brokenness and you can read self-help books, but there are only certain things that God can help you with. we are like, oh, Pastor, I don't have those problems. Thank the Lord. I've had those problems and only God can help me. You. you see, there will come to a point in your life and that I pray to God that you never, but There will come a point in your life that only your trust in God's ever-abiding goodness will deliver you. You have to believe that God's promises are sure. Look at Numbers twenty-three, nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, as he said, and he not, and as he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken? and will he not make it good see he says that god is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and it would not make it good wow. god makes it good he's good for it. you know what if god wrote you a check you can cash it it won't bounce. Well, okay sorry some of you millennials my kids like what's the check but you get the point, right? God is good to keep in his word. 2 Corinthians uh, 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Man, he puts that much respect on you and me, that his goodness is through us. He says, that give and it shall be given together. You know what the end of that scripture says in Luke? It says that as men will give unto you. God uses other people to glorify himself through other people to give to you. It is amazing that all we have to do is say, God, I I might not understand it. For me, every day, I I was talking to, to a person in our church. I said, every Monday, I think about the church. Every Monday, I think about certain things. And I say, God, how come? And all I can do is say, God, all I can do is what I can do. But there's other things that I cannot do that you must do. And all we are is being faithful. You know, you uh, learn a lot playing sports. I use a lot of sports analogy because I grew up playing sports, all sorts of sports. You know, I was the best linebacker in all these Nobody would ever blame me playing linebacker. Okay, I I, I never put a a pair of football pads on or or put a football helmet on, okay? I I watch it, I enjoy it, but I know one hit on me and it's over, okay? Okay, it's totally over. J.J. Watt, (laughs) you know, his, his, his bicep is probably bigger than my body. But I've played other sports. And what sports tells you and teaches you is this that there are going to be the highs and the lows and the greatest players are the ones that are able able to overcome when they're not feeling very good the the best ones are the ones that keep going and keep practicing and show up every week and give their best and they might, or might never get on the court did you know that the the best players in america when they go to the olympic to play on the uh, olympic team Uh -uh. did you know that there are B-teams? That they are part of the U.S. national team, but they are the b team. They never even go to the Olympics, but they practice just like an Olympian. I remember working with a a man, and he was an Olympian. I did not know he was an Olympian. I said, for what? He goes, gymnastics. I said, wow, you were in the Olympics or gymnastics? He goes, no, 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 I was on the Olympic team, but I never went. I said, how does that make you feel? He goes, proud. How many people in the United States could say they ever made it to the U.S. National Gymnastics Team? I said, wow. But it doesn't disappoint you to not win a gold medal? It goes, what about that? Yeah, of course. Everybody wants to win. But what I realized is this. Just to make it as far as I made it, I accomplished something. And see, sports teaches us something like this. is when you're down, you're still going. I remember uh, many of you follow the Houston Texans. There were many years we were like, like zero, right? We were a laughing stock. Other teams look at uh, the Houston Texans on the schedule, like, ooh, easy win, right? And I can imagine as a player, you you work hard, you work out, you eat right, right? You get good sleep, you show up every week, and your record is zero and ten, and you got the Patriots who is 16 or, or 10 and 0 and they're coming and you've got to get out there and make yourself. What pushes a person to be like that? And what you learn in sports is as much like in life and what you learn is from God that you keep going because you know that no matter what, God is faithful. God is faithful. The second thing when you want to walk this way is only three things, anyway. Seek kingdom things. There's a whole lot of people seeking a whole lot of things. You know, there's a whole lot of people go to church and seeking a whole lot of other things, not kingdom things. It might be lady things, men things, dating things. It might be uh, dinner appointments and business dealings. But you know what? Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What What is it? Kingdom endeavors. The first thing is, is, what is kingdom endeavors? What does God want you to do? Be a light? Be an encouragement? Be good to other people? Be gentle? Be kind? We need more kindness in this world right now. We need people to be more good right now. We need people to show more love right now. We need people to be long-suffering right now because the person at the red light next to you wanna just bite your head off, right? We need to be more gentle. What? Seek kingdom endeavors. What are kingdom endeavors? To make sure that people feel the love of God, to make sure that when you lead people that you become an asset and not a liability. And that when you say you're a Christian, you really are a Christian? That when you say yes, it means yes, and when you say no, it means no. See, kingdom endeavors is not about us, but it's about greater things, about God thing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is the will of God? The will of God is for everyone to not perish but have eternal life through his son Jesus. Now, not everybody you speak to will agree with that, and that's okay. But that's not your job. It is their free choice. Righteousness. What is righteousness? It says keep kingdom endeavors. Anything you can think of kingdom endeavors? Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the widows, be kind, love. You know, the only thing that the Bible says that we owe each other, you know what it is? It's not money. It's love. That we owe each other. Did you know, my I mean, you could pull it out any time. you see his IOU? You know, now I'm the, that the IOU I have for you is love. And did you know that you have an IOU for me, too? I could pull it up. I said, I, brother, you're supposed to love me. That doesn't mean agreement. It means love. That you love somebody, it doesn't matter what they do. You love them. Love is not acceptance. Love is not agreement. It's just love. That you love them to make sure they, don't, they aren't hurt. Make sure they aren't out. You might not agree, but you make sure you feed. They need help. They need food. I remember as non-believers, we were immigrants. We came to this little old town in Wisconsin, Go Packers. The Did they? Next game. Oh, I'm going to make it home. And I remember this church. Either. They didn't look like me or my family. I've never seen people with blonde hair in my life. And I look at their eyes, and their eyes are blue and mine is black. My hair is as straight and theirs is curly. And they're like, wow, I wish I had straight hair. And I'm like, wow, I wish I had curly hair. Right? And we weren't even Christians. We weren't. We didn't even know who Jesus was or is or is to come. Right? They say they worship the Lamb. When I used to hear that they worship the lamb and they would have a picture of the sheep, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, man, they worship an animal. At least I worship a fat man. Y'all get that, later. right? Because we were booted. I mean, right? I'm like, y'all, y'all worship a sheep. At least we have a man. I mean, he might be fat, but, you know? We worship a human, right? And I didn't get the idea, the analogy, What they did is they showed us love even though we did not have agreement in our faith. See, that's true love. True love is that. It doesn't mean you have to agree, it means you love. And so what? Seek kingdom things means seek righteousness. That means when you see some injustice, you have to stand up for righteousness. If I were to see a Muslim person being harassed in a restaurant because they're Muslim, I would stand up for them and say, that's wrong, man. Because everybody has dignity. How can you sit there and say and allow a woman or a man be harassed because of that? That's wrong. Righteousness means, look, you stand up. Not because they agree with you, you stand up for the righteousness, the justice in God. You know, my kids asked me that. I said, Dad, would you? I said, yeah. Because we are all humans. We are all. God's creation, we have to stand up. The last thing, if you want to walk this way, am I boarding boring? boring? Are you, you ready to go see the Packers? Yes. We have to <clears throat> The last thing, the first thing we had was God, God's promise of sure. You've got to get that in the heart. You gotta get it in the heart. That you have to know that God's ways is the best and perfect way. Okay? Get out of the politics. Get out of the uh, uh, the progressive social thing. God's way first. If He said it, He knows what He's doing. The second thing is seek kingdom things, kingdom endeavors, righteousness. Lastly, humble yourself. Humble yourself. You want to walk this way and walk in the gear of goodness. And walk in the path that drips with abundance. I, Lord, this year's got to be, I want to walk in that path because it feels good to be dripping with abundance. You know, just throwing, you know, just dropping money, and if I turn back, it'd be more lost money. You know what I mean? Just throwing money at people, giving cars away, whatever. It is awesome. But the first, the last thing we have to be is humble. There are too many People in this world that is too prideful of their own ability. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says that life is but a vapor. Did you know tomorrow? Boom. I had a friend of mine just tell me last week, he said, Pastor, please pray for me. We are looking for a cousin of my friend who is 31 or early 30s who is married. They found his car at his work. He is highly educated okay? Got a beautiful family. They cannot find him, but his car is there. And you know what they found out? Later, they found him. The HPD found him and said he took his own life. Wow. Life is but a vapor. He had everything, Pastor. I said, really? Yeah, great wife, great family. Got all the money he needs. And had a young 30-something is but a vapor, brothers and sisters. Look, and you know what? All the things that we have in our life, the talents, the gifts, that all came from God. Stop thinking, it's all about me. If I ain't here, it's look at me. Oh, I did it. No, there are certain things that you and I can do. But brothers and sisters, look at what James four ten says. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You know why sometimes that, I don't feel like it, okay? Sometimes I don't feel like it. You know, sometimes I don't feel like kneeling in front of people, you know, during worship, and service. I just don't feel like it. You know, there's sometimes I don't feel like raising my hands. There's sometimes, like, Lord, why are you making me feel, I'm trying to fight my, my tears back and not cry. I'm not a, 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 a crier. I don't cry really that much outside of worshiping God but there are times where I don't feel like worshiping. There's times I don't feel like kneeling. There's times I don't even wanna come and worship. You know what, there are weeks that, and I'm, uh, that I don't even wanna come to the church and preach, and I'm the pastor. You know what, but there, when those days come, I force myself to kneel. You know why? Because I'm forcing myself to be humble. Because people will look, oh, look at that pastor, why is he crying, he must have a bunch of problems. You know, oh, he must have did something wrong. You know, why is he crying? Ooh, he must have messed up. Those voices hit you. I remember many years ago, I bought my, uh, brought, uh, my wife, bought her a beautiful uh, uh, bouquet of roses. And I'm so happy. And it wasn't for any day, it wasn't Valentine's or any birthdays or anything or anniversary, I just brought them, that's how I do. I figured if you gotta wait until Valentine's to give your loved one uh, some flowers, you, you better check yourself. I don't need a calendar to tell me when I need to show love. You know what I'm saying? Okay, anyway. So, I bring her a bouquet of flowers and the person that saw me do it went to my wife and said, did he mess up something? Did he Did he mess up something? Oh, No, he didn't mess up. He just does. He goes, really? You sure? You're not mad at him about something? He goes, no, I'm not. You see, brothers and sisters, there are times that when you come to church, you know what? You might not feel like raising your hand. You might not feel what uh, Brother Nam and Michael and Brother Pastor Danny and the drummer, my nephew MJ, uh, uh, is playing, and you might not feel like worshiping. You might not feel like I am building my life upon you. You might not feel like raising your hand. You might not feel getting on your knees because you people are gonna, you, you have these voices in your head going, Look at that fool right there, looking all nice and on his knees. He got expensive clothes on, he's gonna get it wrinkled. That's, I hear all those things, but you know what? That's how you humble yourself because you get to a point where you do it enough. You don't care what people say. You only care for the audience of one. See, we get all uptight. Uh-huh. I'm dignified. Brother, you got problems just like everybody else. Sister, you have problems just like everybody else. You probably fought with your husband all the way to work or, or all the way to church. You see, it doesn't matter what people think. Let them think. What matters is the audience of one. That when we humble ourselves. In time, God will exalt you. It doesn't matter what people say. Oh, you're no good. You know what? People don't tell me that much anymore. Those voices stop talking to me about that. You know why? It's because I know that God, maybe you're using that to humble me. Maybe you're using that to cause me to fall on my knees. Maybe you're using that to allow me to shed tears. Because one day, when you lift me up and exalt me, me into your glory no man or woman can say anything and shut any door think about it brothers and sisters humble yourself you know it's humbling feeling to cry in front of people you don't know it really is you know especially as a maybe I don't know I'm just speaking as a man's perspective but you go into some place and you're a, a grown man which I am I checked my, my driver's license. Uh, it's been quite a few decades, right? To stand and cry and say, God, I love you. God, I need you. Cry like a baby. It's okay, maybe for women, but when other men look at you doing that, all these voices in your head, said, man, look at that dude right there. Little wimp. You see, because we, have to create an image, but God says, forget that image. The image that you need is me in you. And so we got to learn that we when humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord.